Welcome back, listeners, joggers, walkers, gym enthusiasts, whatever you're doing when you listen to podcasts. This is the Road Contenders, and we're coming at you with episode 10. We made it to 10 episodes. I think that's awesome. I think that deserves a celebration. 10 episodes strong. Uh, today, we got me and Drake. Um, Jay Crane, he broke his computer. Nope, not a clack. Not a quack. Uh, there we go. Uh, he broke his computer, so he is out of touch for this episode. But without further ado, we're going to go ahead and bring some TCG World stuff, talking, off-clash things, all that fun stuff. We had a lot of developments that came over what on Christmas Day. A lot of things that were confirmed, a lot of things that were discussed in the live stream that we're going to go ahead and recap here for our listeners, if you didn't get to tune into that, because again, it was on Christmas Day. <clears throat> I know a lot of people were spending time with their family, but a lot of exciting, a lot of exciting news, a lot of things that are great, and I do believe what, since they're made public on the live stream, that they're, we're good to talk about it? Well, with Jay Crane out, we don't exactly have uh, Twitch going. Or no, so so this will be you know playback for listeners on a podcast and on YouTube as well. But I'm thinking like since they revealed a lot of the stuff on the live stream, we can go. We like we should be good to talk about it, right? Yep. Perfect. Because then we we're gonna start off with the big one. Um, Alpha Clash is coming to TCG Player in 2024. I uh, don't have an exact date, but they did confirm that they've known about it for a very long. They they know about it for a while, and it was just waiting to make that announcement. But it is officially confirmed that Alpha Clash will be on TCG Player beginning next year. I don't want to say in January, but I'm think I'm thinking it's going to be January. Uh, I hope it's not closer to April in Vegas time because that would kind of suck. But I I do believe that it is. Coming so again, people have been asking for more consistent pricing, uh, more ways to get out there. Outclash is will be on TCGPlayer.com in 2024. How do you feel about that? Uh, awesome, and yeah, it's definitely important that it's getting out before Vegas because this is how people are going to build their decks. It, it, exactly. I mean, yeah, you can go there, um, go to the vendors there, but again, better pick up your stuff beforehand to play tests before. I think that'd be amazing. So I'll probably say maybe February is my guess when it will officially launch. I would be super shocked if it does come out in January. Because as we've seen before, um, on their website, there was something that was showing a TCG player account, but then it was quickly removed. So I, I'd probably say when the new year turns around February, it's definitely going to be launching immediately. Yeah, and the fact that it was on the website, it meant that somebody had everything that they needed technically set up. All they need is the TCG player API to actually play ball with them. And then they're off to the races. So the website, they have the fact that they have everything that they need uh, ready to go for that means that this has definitely been a long time coming, especially for those of us who have been waiting for all this time. Exactly. Now, I'll go ahead and bring this question up. Because I know I, I know I sell singles on my website. I know for a fact I probably would switch all of majority of my singles to go through TCG Player and just keep the store for a strictly sealed product. 
Um, but I, now I will say this though, with TCG player, there does come the fact that there will be some higher prices on stuff because people who are really invested in T, um, TCG player culture knows that those fees that they that they hit you with are ridiculous. Like, so when you sell a TCG player, whenever you sell something, you get hit with a 15% fee. And then, you know, your shipping and stuff that goes along with it. H. That explains a lot. Yeah, so that's, that's the biggest thing. And obviously you have a lot of people who will pop on TCG player to sell their stuff. And I always say, if you don't have some type of storefront or if you don't, um, have the capital to do it don't don't do tcg player because for the biggest thing tcg player when you make a purchase you don't get that money for two weeks they, they hold that money for about two weeks and then they'll release it out to you and then if you're not a level four seller your fees are a lot higher because you're a higher risk so you're paying that 15 percent uh, actually, no, I think it's like 22% for, they changed it now, where it's 22% if you're not a level four seller. And then they hold your money for new seller for three weeks to make sure that it gets delivered. Yeah. Then again, I've been using TCG Player for a while. The culture is... Uh, pretty civil, and I haven't really had many problems. One time I had just a card just not plain show up, and then they just refunded me for it. Yeah, like I said, I, like I, said, I sell like the Arlorcana, our Carfight Vanguard, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! All, like, all those singles, I sell them TCG Player exclusively because I, I love it, and I love the protection that it has. Especially Lorcana cards, I will only ever sell Lorcana singles on TCG Player. I will not ever sell them on my website. I will now ever sell them on Facebook. Uh, if you want it, you go to our TCG Player account. You purchase it there. I have protection. You have protection. And, you know, anything that arrives, they, it's a lot more that TCG Player can do to protect the seller than if you did it by yourself. You can because, you know, on a TCG Player, if a card is arrives damaged or not the correct grading, the buyer has to provide proof. And what I do is because I got not necessarily say scammed, but someone tried to pull one over where they pre -dam they damaged the card so they can go and get the money back for it. So I implemented a thing where all of our inventory we have pictures of. Any high value card we take, we have pictures of the front, back sides, we have everything. So when they say, hey, my card arrived damaged, I have proof showing it. No, it did not. But that, those, are far, those are very far in between. Yeah, I had one case that happened like that. I ordered a Bitter Blossom, and it, it's a $20 card for those uh, not familiar with that side of magic, or at least it was at the time. And it came mangled. And I just sent pictures in going, uh, this is not okay. And then I just got a new one sent to me. Mm -hmm. So I said, I'm, I'm so excited for that. Cause I feel like a lot of times people will buy, will pick up cards to, um, hit that $5 limit so they can get free shipping. 
And a lot of times mm-hmm. they're, they're going through each other and say, oh, this card is, you know, a dollar. I'll go ahead and add this into it. Or, hey, this card would be a cool token. And th- that that's the part that makes me very, very excited. And I feel like a lot of people who are just asking for it, who are d- either don't feel comfortable going to different websites or going through eBay, it, it just gives them a way somewhere to go. And also it will, I feel it will truly stable the market on a lot of cards because you got to really think the people who are kind of setting the trends for the market is me and Ram. Me and Ram Gaming set basically are the ones to set the prices for how much card value is. I try to keep things at reasonable prices. Uh, Ram will bounce off me and then we'll sometimes we'll go into like this small like price adjustment war. But for me, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. You know, I rather set set my price with the prices at. That's what I'll say that if it sells, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Because it helps me when I'm buying, when I start buying singles from people, to to know where my margin line will be at. So if I buy a card at six, you know, sixty seventy percent at forty, you know that that's why I'm keeping that price at because I don't want to drop just because somebody else dropped their price. Yeah, what do you think legend? What do you think the legendaries and alphas are going to go for in TCG player? Um, I I feel like you're going to have a lot of people, um, two people in particular who I just don't want to name. Um, but anybody who's listening knows who these two people are. We'll set them at very very high. Like they'll set their alphas and legendaries at you know two three hundred dollars. And that's why I I just I feel like for that people like me and Realm and we start posting on TCG Player, we can literally set that market back. Okay, cool. No, hey, a legendary Alpha Alistair is pretty much unfortunately in this in this matter right now it's unplayable. It is a cyborg card or a collector card. I would not put that up for two hundred dollars. I'll put that up the legendary one up. The uh, Alpha Legendary maybe at 125. The ARs of Haven, not Haven shit, Clarity and War, you know, 115, 120. Okay, yeah. Because right now I'm seeing some of those go for, oh, the Alphas I'm not seeing go for anything because nobody has them, but it's like <laughs> some of the Legendaries are going for like 40 and 50. And I'm thinking maybe I might want to pick up a War Second Horseman before uh, that goes up again. Or if I just might want to proxy more War Second Horseman based off of uh, the one I have. Like I, I would definitely say, like, like though that in clarity, I feel like War Second Horseman. I feel 40, 45 is, is a decent, is a very, very good price for that card because it is very, very good. Clarity, as much as I love it, I do feel it is the weaker of the two. And I see that at a $40, $35 card for, for right now. I, yeah, I, it's a six cost versus a four cost, it, but the it, six cost is also dual color. It is dual That's color. pretty huge. And that's what I said. Like, I feel like, again, like that. 30, 45 price range is perfect for that. But again, I feel like if that's where you're going to go, it's one, of them, it's one of the cards, and that's, that's on my list to talk about today. That That is one of the cards I thought you should pick up now while it's just kind of there. It's not very... I say it's not good, it's not bad. Like uh, The card design is a great card, but playability-wise, 
you can you can literally either play it or not play it. It, it. it won't really affect your deck. I feel like Second Horseman is a card that if you're playing War, you're doing tokens, it's a card you 100% want in your deck. Oh, yeah. Second Horseman is freaking cheating. And and that that's why my my feelings on that, but I would say pick those up now. Now, backpack. I feel backpack is a sixty dollar card. Reason being, because if you want to play that strategy, you need that card. The deck literally does not work without that card. So it is a card that is definitely very very reliable. And I feel right now it being sixty to fifty dollars is very affordable, and with tournaments starting to pick up, with locals starting to pick up, I feel once that deck starts winning a lot, that card will skyrocket to a hundred dollars. Yeah. Plus, most Haven cards that you actually want to run are actually pretty cheap. So yeah, because like, that is easily it's like twice as much as you will spend on the rest of the deck and and, and perfect i I just posted a deck profile up today where doing my testing i realized haven taking risk is the best card in that entire deck yeah uh haven taking risk is is so busted even specifically and like like i I was saying i said again when you when you play it and you play the haven deck right you're not really playing a lot of cards that's going to have high resource costs that will do you a lot of damage. So, you know, you'll take two most, you'll take four damage. And that's on a bad situation. But you're getting three relic counters and you have sticky fingers out. Now you're at four relic counters. And I just feel like that deck is so good. And I play Grant Park Chicago to literally search out more risk takers if I need them. Exactly. Yeah, that that's though the way that uh, blue white does it. I think because of taking risks, Haven, and not to mention Haven's buff, Haven is always going to be in blue something. And I've been looking at other different Haven combinations. One I've been looking at is blue black. Blue black. Uh, I that I did look at that. Um, only reason why I did not stick with it. And honestly, I could. It's just because I'm sorry. The Haven package to to me and to this day is still one of the best one drops printed for this game. Yes, you could. Yes, you can substitute it out for Moxie. 100. Yes, you can. You you really can. You can take it out and do Moxie Black. It does the exact same thing. But that Not went to exactly defense. what I was going for. Okay. Uh, I was going for uh, uh, Death Dreadful. Really? Yeah, because Death Dreadful, you ping yourself for two damage, and then she, when she dies, and then you draw a card. And then that trips Haven as well. Correct, because it's on your turn, which I think a lot of people need to yep, realize. you got to attack for it, but yeah, that's how you do it. The other reason I went uh, blue-black Haven was because there are essentially two ways I imagine Haven being played, the obvious blue-white and blue-black. And blue black actually has the counter to flyers in underground subway, and they also have uh, warthog too, which it, it's a, it's a card. It, you know, warthog is a, it's a, it's a it's a card. It's okay, but underground subway is kind of just better. Yeah, it's underground subway and to the depths versus deliverance and Grant Park Chicago. 
Deliverance, this Deliverance is such a good card. That's another card again. I feel like with TCG player coming out, if you can find your Deliverance now cheaply, buy them. Cause right now, like I think I have ours like at a dollar. The foils at maybe three. You should buy those because Deliverance is a great card. It's a what three cost, two white commitment, and just gets rid of whatever you want. Uh, any clash card, yeah. And I, I again, it, that's one of them cards that it is. I, and that's you know what? Let me backtrack a little bit. I feel like TCG player being live will open up more where people say, "Hey, this is playable. This is not playable," which would then increase prices for certain cards. And I do feel like there's a lot of cards that while they're not on TCG player, if you can find them from like either me or Ram or Swordzilla, buy them now because once TCG player comes out. You have a lot more people buying cards and building decks. These, I, I don't feel like it'll be any more 25 cent, 50 cent rare cards anymore. Like, I know yeah. for a fact, one cost Haven, because that's, that's an uncommon, right? Oh, Resourceful Helper? Geez, that thing's the most expensive thing ever. I like, think I've run out on my own. Like, resource, like, Helper, I 100% would. Believe, like truly believe when Seasbury launch out, that is going to be a five dollar card for the non foil, and foil's going to be twenty five because the foil version of Haven Resource for Helper, and even the two cost Haven Hiding Plain Sight are to this day ridiculous to even find. Even Reagan only has a playset of each. Right, they're not, they're dope. like those, like a lot of the foils from set one are ridiculously hard to find. And once he sure comes out, those foils will be 25 bucks. I guarantee it. And this is why I double sleeve. Um, what, what's another card I feel like? Well, go to see, I, I said before, I feel like gotcha will start seeing play in cyborgs. I don't see it being in the main. I don't see it as a main deck card yet, but I do believe Gotcha is going to increase in price. Um, I do not see any Clash buffs going up in price. Yeah, the Clash buffs are already kind of expensive as they are, and they're probably going to stay that way because everybody wants Clash buffs, and everybody knows that everybody wants Clash buffs, and the foil ones more so. It, it, exactly. Like I feel like the non foils will be about a buck, you know, buck fifty a piece. Foils, five bucks. Yes, that. Those Clash Buffs are basically like uh, them and the uh, the Contenders in non-foil are basically like the lands of Alpha Clash. And you're going to have tons and tons and tons and tons of them, and you're going to have more than you need ever or ever going to need in your life. Now. But I just... <laughs> I've got a surplus of them where I just started taking all the clash buffs and all the non-foil contenders and just stuffing them in a box under my desk. Hey, cause that, cause because like, they're never going to be necessary outside exactly uh, building that contender. And exactly. anytime you build a deck, you're going to start with those cards and then you're never going to remove them ever. Ever. Like unless a new one comes out where you go, hey, this is cool. Huh. Or I think Conquest might remove one of his because I've been playing with him more. And honestly, I think Conquest's buff really blows. And he, he might actually be well served by going down to three or something. 
Now, combination uh, sucks. <laughs> I also feel like um like non foil contenders are going to be the hundred percent the first like ten cent cards on TCG Player because you only need one. Yeah, like, you know you don't need thirty magnates. They're not going to go up in price. They're you're, you're not going to collect like now the foil versions. Yes, the non foils stop it. Don't don't even go. I'm gonna buy up all the contenders. No, you're not. Don't do not do that. Because yeah, you'll, you'll and, be when the, and when the draft uh, set uh, your dragon comes <laughs> oh, out, they're gonna be even cheaper because <laughs> they're gonna give you like a brick of contenders, so that literally all eight players can play any of the contenders they want. Which I guess that also strengthens the uh, comparison to Magic's lands in that uh, when you go to a draft, you're pretty much provided the lands as you as you get there by the store owner, but you generally don't have to worry about uh, figuring out where to get your basics. You don't have to worry about pulling basics or drafting them out. You'll yeah. get them. Well, you'll get them, exactly. And that's why I feel like I, I, feel, I feel like Clash Buffs and Contender should be in every LGS store just to give to people who are playing in, like I said, in drafts and like that, because you have so many, you only need four in a deck, you're on one contender. So I, I feel like everybody has literally, you can, if you've been buying, you can literally just have a thousand count box full of just those. I'm on my way. <laughs> now, what do you think it's going to be the other um, big push in card. Uh, my my thing is, I, I will always say it every single episode. Death's door, when it hits each player, it's gonna be a twenty five twenty five dollar card. Uh... Right now, you think there there's around twelve thirteen dollars. Yeah. Uh... Honestly, I think the big pushed epic might be Havens. Oh yeah, Haven Haven is definite. Oh no, you're talking about um provoked, right? Uh, Haven provoked. I uh, want safeguard. See, I, I, I agree. I do because I know when it first came up seeing like 20 bucks, went down like 12. But I feel like again, as more Haven wins, or I again I feel like you don't even need to play the Haven um Exodia deck for that card to be very very good. If you just run a just a regular Haven package in your deck, you know it's swinging with you know two five three five. Three, I mean I'm sorry three three. It's swinging for good numbers. Like it's not not going to be good. That that's the kind of big thing. And I thought you could put that in kind of any any deck and with the safeguard ability, it just makes it a very hard thing to deal with. Because you have to swing into it, like you have to take it out, or yeah, and essentially that's your answer to like any big haymaker that gets in and taps out. Okay, so you, hopefully you had a uh, lefty's last stand to block that attack that you just took, but and then also uh, you think you can combine that haven with uh, main street and just give it super speed. Now it's a car with safeguard that has super speed. What can you actually do? Oh, so yeah, Death Door is still sitting at thirteen fifty, but again, it's sold out. Like I'm sold out of it. I don't have any. Uh, Realm, they'll get one or two in every once in a while, and it's gone within an hour. So that's a hundred percent fifteen dollar card. Yeah, 
Uh, Coggin, I feel like it's saying it's it settled down at 16. That's not going to change. I mean, no, that's a lie. I feel like draft box will, will cause the regular art to kind of drop in price. Um, explosive combatant, nine bucks. It's going to stay about that. I say again, deliverance sitting at 125. The foil is sitting at Which five. Which one is explosive flare? Um, uh, when it attacks, it deals the damage to all other clash cards. Yeah, uh, flare explosive. Okay. Like, like yeah. again, like that's that's that nine bucks. I I see that staying there. Um, Kilimanjaro. I see flare actually going up. Uh, it, it, it depends. If it's not in the draft box, if it's if it if it's not in the draft box, yes, I see that. I see it jump jumping up to at least thirty dollars. I can't imagine it not being in the draft box. Like it's so that good. card is it's one of those cards that was good before and now became even more relevant and is probably on par with what Kagan was in set one because Flare answers the problem that set two now has. How are you going to deal with the war tokens? Flare. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, do, I do not agree with Kilimanjaro champion being at 850. I'm sorry. I see that as nothing more than a $3 card. Yes, there's more things that you can draw with, but again, I just don't. I see that as a three dollar card. I'm not sure yet. He definitely lacks a lot of kit. There's not much that uh, makes you discard. Although like against it, Haven, it, 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 that's not discarding though. It, it will be okay in Haven against Haven. I feel like I know when it first came out, people were talking about old oh, combine it with. Um, death, but I'm like, I feel like it really could death that can draw a lot, but it's so slow. Yeah, I was using Kilimanjaro with Haven in order to just drop him down and then uh, be able to take something out while still being in blue black because I think being able to stop flying is huge. Um, Pestless Infectious is sitting at $8.50. I agree with that. I percent I, yeah. I agree with that, and that's another card I feel like will topple at ten dollars if it's not reprinted in draft set. Yeah, Pestilence um, is really gross in his deck, exactly outside that deck, and uh, he's kind of a replacement for Sinister Assistance if you blink. <laughs> all right, it's like I said I, I feel like it, it's so. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm for it. Like I, I I agree with that. Um, Haven Bonifold Collector. I'm saying this right now again. Get your if you can get your because I right now the IR is sitting at three seventy five. I have mine at three fifty. If you want the if you want you know max rarity, buy them now. Uh, but any any version of Bonifold Collector you can get, buy them now because even like I said, realm is sold out. I still have some in stock. But that's a card that, as more sets come out, Bountiful Collector is a staple card if you're playing blue. Yeah. Also, just foil Clash Grounds in general, except for Haven's uh, Pocket Dimension. I mean, good God. Good God. <laughs> yeah, forget Haven's Pocket Dimension. It's, it, it is a very slow way to do Haven and a very counterproductive way to do Haven and basically only exists so that you can try to torment yourself by doing Mono Blue Haven, which is a terrible idea. Yeah, Mono Blue uh, Yeah, any, any yeah, but other than that, uh, Clash Grounds, 
it's not just the name of the set. They are super important. If you aren't running six, you should be running six. Figure out some way to run six, and you'll generally be a lot safer than if you're only running four. Just find like some of the ones that don't cost anything or some of the cheap ones in your color and just run those just to get yourself into that six clash ground because you are going to need some way to get rid of an opponent's clash ground. And yeah. arguably one I think is the best for that front line. Really? Okay. Okay. Front so, line is disgusting. Like, like front line is good. Um, I, 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 I was saying um for me personally if i'm not playing frontline like if i if i don't if i'm not playing frontline what i do is four of what i need to do and then two of the zero calls but Man, i feel like I, I feel like if you have room for frontline or you can make room for frontline you should hunt to play especially if you are portal heavy what well, i say i mean Screw the restand part. If your deck is portal heavy, like you're lying on your portal, to drop front line down and say, cool, the portal can't be touched. It's so huge. Actually, uh, you may be underselling the restand. The restand is gross. On the right oh, no, 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 no. You restand a Stripebringer. You restand um, War. You restand a Kagan. You can restand anything with that thing. There's no restriction. No, 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 no. The restand part is perfect. I was saying more of if you're portal heavy, that's you need to play that card in your deck. And if you are very reliant on the portal, that needs to be in your deck. The restand part of it, it it's, it's, like you said, it is disgustingly good. Especially, yeah, I haven't even scratched the uh, surface of all the different targets you can use it on. Um, let's see, let's see, let's let's keep going. Um, I, I feel like again, Grant Park Chicago will go up. Oh because, yeah, again, it, it's a great, it's a searcher. It's a searcher, and it's it for Haven. That's um, how you get your uh, taking risks. And some, and top of you want those way sooner than you. Uh... Yeah, you you what I, I said when I did the, the profile, I said the four cards you want to have in your opening hand with Play in Haven is 100% Sticky Fingers, um, uh, Haven Resource Helper, Bonifold Collector, and Taking Risk are the four cards that you want to mulligan for to make sure you get in your opening hand. Because if you have those I think cards, I run Bountiful. What was that? I don't think I run Bountiful in my Haven. I, I, I just adjusted and put it in. And it's been working out very, very beautifully. Because I run four copies of Provoked. And I don't, after testing, I don't need, I don't need four copies. But it is good as a um, Bountiful target. Because most I ever get out is two, and that I'm comfortable with, but I like having that extra two copies in the deck to, you know, have something to resource. Um, I play, I, I, even though I do not like this card at all, but again, it's okay when I need to. Hever, uh, Haven Clever Adolescent. All right, card, like, actually. Like, it's, it's an all right card, but if I have it in my hand and I don't want to play it, it's, it's a great to just kind of. 
putting a resource. I feel like late game when you're pushing for those last little bit of counters, that's when it, it becomes very, very powerful. Because I can just very, switch. very dangerous. Yeah, because you think about it, like when you go late game, like cool, I need to get you know four more to win. I'll drop that down, have attack a contender, have it die, take the two, do Haven shenanigans, draw a card, you know, and then go ahead and swing with something with sticky fingers, and I'm pretty much good to go. But oh, like early game, no. Um, I do play street blockade because. Tree Blockade is good. And I do play Mystery Item. I, I do play two copies of Mystery Item in the deck. I like it because... Okay, I wondered if somebody else was going to do that. I like I like Mystery Item because it reminds me of just good old Joy Willer from Yu-Gi-Oh! And I'm like, you know what? I will take the risk to draw. Now, if I get a three to four, I'm not happy. The yeah, three- I find that the one that you want off Mystery Item and the reason that you're running it is to gain life back. Yeah, and because- gaining life back in native blue is very important. Yeah, if you... So for, for listeners, Mystery Item has three different effects depending on what you roll. One to three, if, you're, if your card attacks, you get to draw a card. Um, three to four, if you block, you get to draw a card. But five, if you roll a five and, or six, you get to engage the item Gain two life and then draw a card. Which is when you think about it, it's disgusting. Like it is so disgusting to be able to do that to somebody. Like, cool. Because uh, even I think actually in the play video I put up, I was at eight life. And you the combination of mystery item and other stuff, I healed all the way back up to 18. And then won the game. All right, let's see. Um, do you see clarity for seeing fate going up? That's more contingent on what I see out of Blue White Haven. Which, I'm not sure if that's the best Haven or not. It's certainly the most popular and the most obvious. But whether it's the best... And if it is the best, maybe. Like, I, because right now it's in that two bucks. And I think what holds it back, it being a six cost, I mean, yeah, Goddess is a six cost, but it's, it was, it was cool in set one, but now it's kind of like, uh, I can do something else. Um, yeah, I think people figured out pretty quickly that even a Kagan is kind of a stretch for six resources. Now, at least nobody's playing eight, uh, Apex Vortex Slinger with a smile on their face. Like, yeah, I'll play an Apex. Okay, cool. You better lose. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad card. It's a 6 4 with flight. Okay, so it's not bad. It's really not. I'm just being an asshole to it. But yeah. you know, my Mean Streak Death deck has both Apex and Aster in it. <laughs> But it's like I per, like uh, the apex. If I had to pick any kind of apex, I would not pick this one. <laughs> oh, the other apex. I would I would play him the five cost one over that apex any given day. Um, the four cost. I think Lefty on the way needs to go ahead and just get out the way. 
Yeah, that's Raph Chaff, pretty obviously. Um, Flair, I feel like Flair would be a $2 card. Because if you're playing any kind of red, I feel like it's a, extremely a staple to have Flair, especially against the zero one cost decks. Exactly, where, because yeah. that's how non-clash damage works. And I, I truly feel that Flair will be a card that will go up in price. Um, yeah, because it's a it's a common, right? Yep. So it's a common. So I, I see that dollar fifty. But again, if you're playing any kind of red or fuck it, you're not playing. If you're just playing anything. Your sideboard, you want a flare in your side because, like, cool. If you go against a pestilence or haven deck, you need to figure a way how to get that defense down to zero. And unfortunately, flare is the way to do it. It's the yeah. You can do other things, yeah. but flare is just very consistent. You play one, you play, you tap it, deal damage, and you're ready to go. Um, let's see, clairvoyance. That card is going to be a ten cent card. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is kind of the problem that clarity in general had in set one, and now it's just kind of magnified. Is the fact that she doesn't really have a plan of her own. Her plan is basically somebody else's plan, but better. But she's not good enough to do anybody else's plan better than they do it, except maybe Kagan. Because like, Kagan was everyone's plan. Because it's like, yeah, you could filter through your deck, but like you said, you filter through your deck to do what? Like, what, what are you looking yeah. to do? Yeah, the idea of clairvoyance was very much tied to clarity, because you're looking at five cards, and you're rigging them up in such a way that you have a good and a bad coming, and then another good and a bad coming. That way, you can always get rid of the card that you don't want. And, and that's kind of my, my issue with it. Um, as much as I hate Lynn, I do see Lynn staying at that $3 price range. Because, I'm sorry, a five cost, five five with flight, it, it's really good. Um, yeah, that's only two devotion in white. I would say pick up your shadow light cards now. I do feel like in set three, I know we're kind of way off of set three. But I feel like it's going to be a shadow light, very much arch type deck. I feel like picking up your shadow light cards now would be you know, kind of getting ahead of the curve. Um, and just a thought uh, of the of the uh, clash kits we've seen, we've seen a black contender, a green contender, a red contender, and a blue contender. We haven't yet seen a white contender. Who do you imagine that's gonna be? And it's one hundred percent gonna be Archie Shadowlight because why not? <laughs> uh because Warcry exists. Oh, yeah, we also get a Warcry too, and we know that Warcry actually survives. So. <laughs> No, I don't think Cowling's getting anything. He's probably going to get some kind of support in rivalries in the same way that T-Bone got some kind of support in Clash Rounds. I, I see I see um, Cowling getting, getting an epic. Eventually. Uh, Menacing Magnates, I feel like those would be... I, I feel like there, there's so many of those cards out that I don't see it going up. Yeah, yes, it's a good stable card in green, but there's, there's just too many of them. Um, I... I feel like if you're going to pick up your Alpha Alsters now, it's a good time since they have dropped down to about 50 bucks. Because it's good to have them. Because, again, you, you only have to have one in your deck. You only, only have one in the deck. So it's good to pick those up now, just in case if any other good Alphas come out. 
So you, I'll say, pick those up now while they're very, very cheap. Um, Tesla yeah. giving a servant. I'm sorry, I I don't feel like it being set. I even I have mine at seven bucks. I don't feel like seven dollars. This car is worth seven dollars. I'm sorry. I do. I, I don't. I say five bucks. I have seen Pestle and Stevia Servant do some gross stuff. Or rather, I have seen people do gross stuff and then drop Pestle and Stevia, but same idea. Well, like I said, I, I feel like five bucks is, is good for it. Now, a car that I will say, and this after our last conversation, I do feel like should go up, is Convergence. Convergence, we'll I see, see. It, I see Convergence, Convergence foils, ten bucks. I'm still playing around with my Conquest right now, and I've almost got it in a position where I like it, and I didn't use any Convergence. I'm really? not sure if I will. Uh, yeah, uh, as, as like I was talking about earlier, I, where I, I thought I'd crack Conquest, uh-huh. the uh, what I figured out, the moon. You want to put your opponent in a position where there's a no-win scenario. So uh, if they got blockers up, if you have the moon online and your portal's open and you could just shut it at the end of your turn with uh, domineering, then what you do is you attack with stuff and get in for damage. And they can either block and get defeated and then you proc uh, your contender ability or they cannot block, and then you draw a card anyway because you have the moon up and the portal's open. So essentially you're drawing a card when you attack with uh, Conquest regardless. Unless they manage to kill it. You know what? That, Which that... you should be able to see coming. So yeah, Conquest, the moon is your key. Uh, My hey... working title for that deck is Lunar Apocalypse. Um, Haven taking risk at foil foil cost being at five four bucks. Yes, um, favorable outcome. I see it just being like a dollar because I yeah, are we just talking set twos? No, we talk. I'm, I'm going through just. Um, I'm I'm literally just going through every the, every card, and I'm kind of going through that seeing things that should go up, should probably stay. Is um, Blinky on your list? Is... It is not. Real, I think Blinky has a lot of relevance in set two. If you're going to get a uh, mean streak off the ground, Blinky is going to be how you're going to do it most likely. Uh, that new mean streak, rather. I, I, I think the reason why I didn't put it on here because I, I think another card that is very flooded because a lot of people pulled it and just didn't see the value in it and just kind of held on to them. So I feel like that's the reason why I do. I feel like it is a good card. I feel like it's a good card even to this day. I don't think it's a bad card. I don't think it ever was a bad card. But yeah, maybe it had some easy outs, but it was definitely a very powerful question. Um, but I, I feel like once he's very launches, there's going to be some people who have like 20 copies of them, 30 copies of them. And it's just going to flood down the market. But I still say you should pick them up because, again, it is a very good card. Because you literally can, there, there's Mean Streets and T-Bones that cost one, and you just send them 
to the Oblivion and you bust on this card. It's rare I actually uh, get to pull that combo off, though. Really? Usually the re- yeah, usually the reason that I go for it is because he generates street counters really quickly because all he needs to do is defeat something. But uh, and also he has super speed to make sure he does. And if need be, you could just uh, buff him if you're actually running Mean Streak, which you probably are if you're running uh, Blinky. By the way, Blinky is Mean Streak, blink of an eye. I don't know if that was pointed out. Yeah, um, it, it's, it's just cutesy nicknames. What about Mac? Uh, what about Gamma Spear? Not yet. Game, uh, Magnate is building a bunch of stuff, and uh, especially Coworker is going to make Magnate's Gamma Spear a lot more viable because that's what Coworker is for. But yeah, another QC nickname, Magnate Convoker, but I misread it at a draft as Coworker, so that's what he is forever. Like, I feel as though Spear would have been better. Like, I feel like it would have been a very, very soft card if it was a quick, instead of it being a basic. If it was a quick, it, I feel like it would, to this day, it would be very, very relevant. Yeah, the problem with Spear being relevant is that it depends on Magni being relevant, which shade yeah. thrown. Exactly. Which, there are so many better options than Magni nowadays. It's, you don't need to do Magni because he's the toughest one there is. There are other things that are just as hardy as him. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Going down the list, um, spiritual defense. We're just like I'm not even going to entertain that fucking card. I'm, I'm not going to entertain it. I'm not going to entertain Detroit. I will entertain Denver. I will entertain Denver. Yeah, Alpha Class, uh, uh, Alpha Hunter support. Like I, like again, any card that allows you to draw. In the same way, how I feel about Rainforest. Where people are not, I feel like a lot of people are not playing Rainforest anymore, and I'm still like, why not? Like, there, there's no reason to not play Rainforest if you need that extra slot for your Clash Grounds. Like, you don't have a reason not to play it. Like, yes, uh, giving your opponent free advantage—that's a good reason not to play it. Correct, but it's still it's still a card that you can put in that make that six slot. Yes, you can play something else, but I still feel. That you know, Rainforest is still a good card to have. It's not too crazy. You can get rid of stuff um, for you know very quickly. Um, and the same way, how about Denver? Denver to be able to draw in this card, I feel like it's very very good. Um, clarify. Those have dropped tremendously. They're no longer sixty bucks. They're like twenty dollars. Yikes! Yeah, I, I can see that. Pick those up. If you want to bother, because it only targets alphas. Right, but as I say again, I feel like right now is a good time to pick those up. You know, just kind of preemptively plan for a set three, because, you know, you can have more alphas come out. And since they're 25 bucks now, and it's a legendary, and it's from set one, which I do not see these cards. I personally don't think they're going to get reprinted in draft set. I do not see the legendary from set one being reprinted in draft set. Because they're so situational, and with set two meta, they're very they're pretty much unplayable. Yeah, which is yet another reason why War Second Horseman is so good. If you're gonna print, if you're gonna choose one, it's probably gonna be War. It's it's gonna be War. So I feel like clarify being twenty five dollars right now 
pick like go ahead again as as you only have one just go ahead and buy it and have it so that way again when it, it you know i always say like legend like the legendaries i do not feel like we'll get reprinted in draft set i i do not see them getting reprinted there there's no point because of this if i repeat reprint a legendary and a draft set what's the point of me ever having to go out and buy a booster box i just wait for a draft set Are the legendaries at all in the draft sets? I don't. I they they were not announced. I don't see. I don't. I from a marketing standpoint, it doesn't make sense to put legendaries in the draft box. Yeah, I thought the point of the set boosters was essentially to be like for the people invested in the story, and then if you just wanted the draft experience, you could wait for the draft boxes like Year of the Dragon or whatever comes next. Yes. And it, it, I think it's also going to be part of the the tournament as well, where um, drafts will be part of like the weekly tournament that you do to have with that. Um, so that that's why I feel like again, pick those up now. And also, I know from the stream there there was there, were, there was people throwing around about having the the case toppers be tournament legal. So that that's another thing. If you want to pick those case toppers up, that I guess you can do that too, because it's cheaper to buy the case topper than buying the case. I, I don't see why you would want to, but okay. Um, I, I I would say pick up Alpha Hunting Specialist and pick up Edwards because they come out with new support for those, um, for the Moxie deck, you'll want to kind of have those ready to go. Even though I feel like those would definitely be reprinted in draft box. Yeah. I feel like Edwards is going to be like the joke of the series going forward. It's like, maybe we're going to get more Edward support set three. Maybe we're going to get more Edward support set four. Maybe we're going to get etc. And we're never going to see another Edwards card ever again. I, I don't think we're going to see another Edwards card. <laughs> It's gonna be that one Edwards, and he's gonna be sitting in that chair, just like, yeah. like just sitting with that face. Why am I, why am I a joke to you? You know what you did. Um, Moxie Prime to Clash. I would say pick those up. You know the market is very, very flooded with them. Pick up your foils because all you need is more weapons, and Moxie is even better. How about Moxie preparing for battle in foil? Now that's a card I imagine a lot of people are gonna want to see. Yeah. Anybody running any kind of black is gonna want those. Pretty uh, much for the same reason as Haven, just not as good. I would say Siberia, especially with a lot of clash kits being sold out. If you can pick up your Siberias, buy those. Like, actually, yeah, any card that came in the clash kits, buy them. Because like if you I, can, yeah, because like I'm completely sold out of clash kits, and I'm sold out. Of those cards, like that came to classic, I don't have any, and even a distributor, that I'm they're sold out. I can't get any more class kits right now. Um, okay. Sergeant Weber, if you want to, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, I will say this: if you are a Team Covenant person, get those promos. When they're gone, they're gone. And unfortunately, when it hits CCG player, I feel every single single Team Covenant promo will be no less than $100. Oh, 
Oh wow! I'm gonna be swimming in dough. Because think about it. Why? Why not? Why not put a high price tag on it? Because no matter what you try to do, you cannot go to Team Covenant and get that card again. So, so why not? Oh, yeah, it was more uncontrollable. Yeah, I don't even know anybody who even has those. I have four. I've in, never even seen one in person. I have four in my deck. Jeez. I, I have four in my deck, and I, I'm keeping them there. And I probably won't get rid of them. But again, it's like uh, that's a card that again, unfortunately, when it hit TCG player, and I would never be mad at anybody who puts them up at a hundred bucks. I'm like. Because, I mean, when you, again, when you think about it, why not? You can't get it anymore. They don't make them. What about the box toppers? Oh, the po- box toppers? Three cents. <laughs> like, like, the box toppers, like, I, that's, I feel like a dollar. Do you I, think there's enough uh, boxes floating around to justify that? I, I, let's say this. I know for like I have so I'm gonna pull up how many magnate I have on the website. I'm gonna go right now, and this is the ones that I decided to list, and I have a whole nother box full that I did not list. Right now, I have 36 listed on my Me. website. I have 36. I freaking nine, and I have an entire thousand count box. Full of more that I just chose not to do. Oh wow! Of uh, Magnate Tyrant. Yes. A thousand Magnate Tyrant. I opened so many boxes of set one. It's ridiculous. Okay, so uh, we're not going to have any problem getting those, which is good because Magnate the Tyrant is good. uh, Warthogs, I have at forty. Oh, no, 40 boxes so far of uh, Clash Rock. So I have... already. I have those. I have enough. I don't want any more. <laughs> but I think at one point, I started putting Magnet Tyrants free in people's orders. Because I have so many. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, they're free. Oh, it's so nice of you. No, seriously, just please take them. I, I don't. I don't need them. And it, it's a. It's a. Again, it's a good card. I just. I just have so many. Yeah, it's like you have more Magnate the Tyrant than I have Clash Buffs. And it, it it's is such a sick thought. Like it is. It, it is truly ridiculous. Like it is honestly ridiculous how many I have it. And I said this is a lot. And but that's again. But I was so excited for set one. I just kept buying. Like I have like and of singles, I have two five thousand count boxes full of singles for set one. Like I have a lot. I have a lot of set one. And that's why I'm trying to acquire more set two singles. Cause I, I do want to add some more of those. And then that's so that that's pretty much my idea of things that are kind of 
going up, going down, all that fun stuff. But yeah, you mentioned boom. Which one? Boom. Uh, here comes the boom. That that's until that card is either nerfed or reprinted. Twenty five bucks. <laughs> I mean, play, I mean, playing simple. Like it, it's twenty five dollar card. Uh, if it gets reprinted in draft set, which I do feel like it will be, it twenty five oh. bucks. The same thing with Torque Uncontrollable. Uh, I feel like it's still on floor. Well, imagine if it gets a new art. Like yeah, now I feel like if it's a new art. It will not affect the original Here Comes the Boom pricing at all. I feel like it will still stay that that same. I feel like the draft set one will come in at maybe fifteen bucks, but the older one will will still be at the high, you know, twenty bucks. Um, Twerk uncontrollable. I see that staying around fifteen dollars. Really, it's fifteen now. Uh, yeah, it's. Um, I have. I have a list at 15. Yeah. I was seeing it float around 11 at places. Let me double check. I maybe, that, maybe that was because uh, I was looking. I haven't seen it looked it up in a while. Let, let me double check. I'm, I'm on my website now. And I have Torque. Oh, I think I one of them spelled wrong. Yeah, one of my torts is with, with a G. It's with a Q. I have 12 bucks. Yeah, that's about what I was seeing them for. I have $12. Um, I have... I think those are going to go... Because there are so many more answers to them now. It, it, it really is. There's ways to remove that card deliverance, for one. Uh, deliverance, like half of Pestilence's package. The, the entire Pestilence deck can just take that out without... I mean, get think. You, if you start to turn off, which you should never, ever do, turn one, play Torque and Pass, you should never do that. That's just being a bad player. And Yeah, just, you used to be able to get away with that. Now you can't. Like that, like if you open your turn and you go, cool, uh, I play Torque and Pass, cool, I play Pestilence, minus two, minus two. And I don't think people are actually going to do that, though, because every time you do that with Pestilence, you discard a card. I don't think that's worth it. See, I think you're going to, uh, with Pestilence, you want to crack the portal first, then drop your Pestilence shenanigans, then play Wastelands and collect them back up, and then do it again. That's see, I, the Pestilence way. See, I, I don't feel like it's not that bad because um, Pestilence Skill lets you draw a card, so it's kind of kind of recycling. But yeah, so you're, you're going negative, which is not good. But I feel like again, oh, yeah. If you're in pestilence, yeah. Yeah, if you're if you're in pestilence, it's okay. But again, you're going. You're, when you think about it, you're still going negative, but it's still not as bad as it could be because it could be twenty times worse. But I feel yeah, like honestly, I think um, uh, Mayhem Maker is way more splashable, even though the stat line is much worse. It's just a one-one rather than a two-one for one. And uh, but it actually draws you a card just on its own effect. I, I agreed, agreed. Um, but yeah, th those are the only cards I can really think of that will really change the market once things kind of come out. I feel like those are a lot of cards that you want to pick up now. I say again, pick up the legendary from set one because they are so cheap. 
even again, you're like, oh, I don't really want to play it. You should still do it just in case. Um, what else? What's another one that I didn't even think of? Uh, Second Horseman, that's like 75 bucks. Don't expect that to go down at all. What do you think of Strikebringer's price? Uh, Strikebringer would be $2. Uh, foil, seven, seven bucks or higher. Yeah. <laughs> I could definitely see that because if if uh, it's definitely going to be a card that's going to show up a lot in tournament decks. Now, I'm a, now this, this is the last topic of the night. Do you feel sideboard cards will be expensive? You know, like in Yu-Gi-Oh, you have your extra deck, where a lot of times the extra deck is more expensive than the actual deck. Do you feel sideboard cards will be more expensive than the actual deck? Uh, sideboard isn't really analogous to Yu-Gi-Oh's extra deck, because Yu-Gi-Oh already has its own sideboard that's separate. So it's not exactly a fair comparison. Okay, fair enough. Uh, as far as uh, do you expect to spend a lot of money on your extra deck, you probably don't expect to spend much money on your extra deck at all, given that your extra deck is basically just answering things that your deck can't answer. Not necessarily bad cards, but cards that aren't as situation that are a little more situational that you want to see your opponent's contender before you put them in. Like, uh, Better Luck Next Time is an excellent card that you'll probably want to have in your sideboard if you're in blue because it just takes Strifebringer and just snaps him out of existence when he attacks, which he will attack, because of course he will. Uh, it's like uh, the Ancient Protection and Magnate's plans, those are all going to be really important, and that may actually drive up the cost of commons. Maybe not to the level of... Uh, 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 Haven, but Haven's an uncommon, which doesn't help her availability, and those are commons, the Itchy Protection Magnate plan. And, and I actually speak on that point. I know I said that, that was last time, but I also want to bring this up. A lot of the uncommons in set one, their pool, their pool rates were terrible. So they're, they're a lot harder to have, and there's, they're a lot harder to actually a lot of people don't have them. Uh, I mean, like, was there just a lot of them? No, like again, like um, like the Havens or Shugaboo and Haven, they were very hard for people to pull. Shugaboo and Haven was rare. Okay, even even worse. <laughs> like a lot of the common uh, uncommons and rares in set one were not as pullable as cards in set two were. So again, a lot of people have like their havens. You know, they may have a couple extra, but not a lot of people have like, you know, oh, I have 30 copies of Haven Social Helper. A lot of people have I have eight. I have ten. Yeah, it's like I used to be able to just like in paper make whatever <laughs> deck I want because I just bought a case. I can't do that anymore because of Haven uh, Resourceful Helper specifically. There are not enough of those to go around. They're they're really not. I think I I, mean, I have a couple of playsets from it, but that's because I was able to buy multiple cases. But again, it took me multiple cases 
to get three play sets. Man, I don't think I had that many problems with it. Also, I try to diversify my colors a bit so that I'm not running white plus this, white plus that, white plus this, white plus that, over and over and over again. So I try to have little more unique color combinations. This is why my Haven isn't uh, uh, blue-white. But I have the blue-white package. I just find it less interesting. Absolutely. And that's, that's why I feel like but no, I feel like if anything they'll get reprinted in draft set, one hundred percent will be Havens. Yeah, uh, we're gonna have, we'll have a lot easier access. I, I, those, I uh, too feel that that is one card they're printing because again, it's such a staple card. But again, I don't feel. But again, like we also have to remember this: the draft box cards have different codes. Yeah, are you anticipating any rarity shifts? No, I, okay. I, 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 don't, I don't think any um, rare would get bumped. Um, do now if they do, I would love to see cards, you know, get like um, not necessarily like a rare, like from a rare to a, like epic, but I would love to see different foiling. Like I would love to have Haven, like Haven. I don't keep talking about Haven, but I would love to have it. Haven in that um, AXO foiling, I would love that. Oh, is that the uh, gold lettering? Yes. Or uh, like for uh, like uh, it, that one mean streak and last stand. Yes, I would love, and you know, they have the new hex. The hex, the um, basically in in those foilings, it, in it it has the alpha omega signs in the back. I would love to have like flare in that. I would love to have haven in that. I would love a torque in that foiling. I would love to have that foiling for those cards. Or even in Kagan, like get it. I know they do like the model, the comic book model chrome. I would love to have that in the XO. Like I would love in draft box, but I I don't know how that would work. But have like a new chase rarity where hey, like these eight cards can be an XO uh, rarity. But then they also said that um, with the uh, rivalry kits um, for the tournaments that there's different prizes and promos that come in that foiling. I think will get people to go out to play um, would a hundred percent be like Havens and Torx and Kagans in that form. Like that would get people to go play. Like, like I think Torque Forceful Hitter is a cool card, but I'm not looking to like really like oh I I really want this card and it's foiling. Besides say hey I have it, but it's not something I'm going like uh eh, I'll skip this week. But if you're like hey. You know, Death's Door in this foiling, like those, those big, or even just like epics in that foiling, I thought you'll get a lot more people come out to play every week. And that that's just my input on that. Like, give me epics in the X in the AXO foiling. I I would. I, I guarantee that I will run tournaments every single week. Yeah, I'm thinking more from a perspective like uh, the tournaments are going to be sold by the game mechanics itself rather than any shiny variants. Because if this ever does become big like Magic, you know what people do in Magic? They buy low rarity cards on purpose because they can't afford the big rarity cards. 
That, yeah. They buy the cheapest, most damaged, but still intact version of a card that they can possibly get. And, hey, I got a Jeweled Lotus, sucker. What do you mean? It's got permanent marker all over it. But it's a legal Jeweled Lotus. It plays. <laughs> uh, let me see. Um, let me go over the draft box one more time. Because this is something I'm excited for. So March 15th is when it comes out. We have the unique cards. No, uh, not not draft box. I want to look at more of the robbery. I know a lot of people ask about that. Um, Clash Ground Organized Play update. Here we go. And, yeah, you get Torque uh, Forceful Hitter as one of the promos. Or, so, yeah, one robbery kit contains... 186 total cards with Weber's binoculars times 40. Jesus Christ. Main Street looking for trouble times 40. Sinister Assistance times 40. Okay, and these are all in special parts. Um, Haven improvising Torque Forceful Hitter and 54 Main Street blinking with an eye. Yep, perfect. Yeah, that 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 works. But yeah, um, but yeah, that that is our time for tonight. Uh, you have any closing statements? Uh, not right this second. All right, perfect. But so I guess we'll uh, see y'all next week. See you next week, and again next week we're gonna try out a two versus two uh, format. Again, it's not been announced yet, but shit, we're gonna make up our own rules. Not make up our own rules. I don't want to buy like, oh, they made up their own rules. No, that's not what we're saying. We're just going to come up with something for 2v2 that's fair and fun. And that's what we're going to bring to you next week. Yeah. Fortunately, the game engine is robust enough that it's generally written in such a way that it's pretty obvious what you're supposed to do. But we're going to take some liberties on some things. For example, it's like only one clash ground between all the players is one thing I was thinking of. Yes. Uh, Hunter, so glad you want to do is cool. I played this, you played this, now we get double stat. Yay, no. Hell no. And one thing yeah, I would, no, there will not be double war zone on this field. Like, no, like like that would be terrible. Now, now something I will say, any card that's exclusive goes for you and your teammate. Huh? Interesting. Because I feel like again, if it's exclusive, you put out one copy. I feel like it's for a reason. Can, can you imagine, like, cool, I have, you know, Warhorn. You have a Warhorn. Yay. And also, uh -huh. I, and also, I truly believe unrivaled cards, same thing. We both can oh, play. unrivaled per, per team? Yes. I... I'll think that one over. Cause can you imagine if you like cool me? Let's say say me and you on the team. You're like cool. We'll both go ahead and play War Second Horseman. Have fun. Oh, I was thinking like uh, you're thinking like we do our turns at the same time. I was thinking it's like we just play and like alternate between team. team. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, that's that's how it be. But I'm saying like say if on my turn. I play War Second Horseman. You know, like Jay Crane goes to go back to you. Do you play your War Second Horseman? Now our team has two Second Horsemen out 
getting those buffs. And we're just sitting there like, cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fortunately, we didn't have to resolve what happens when you clash buff uh, allies because clash buffs almost exclusively say they target things you control. And, and see, like that—that's why I feel like, um, like the the teammates, your the board, like your your board is your yours and your teammates' board. So it's one, so it's one board. So basically, it's still two fields, but two people are at are working in one field. Does that make sense? I thought it would like still be two fields because the implication is that two resource rows. Yeah, so it's still you like, don't want to combine resources. No, you can't share resources between players. Yeah, I, I understand. Believe that, like, yeah, that one definite. No sharing resource, and also believe no sharing what's in your hand. Like, I, I feel like, you know, what's in my hand is... I agree with the sentiment. The trick is, how do you actually enforce that? It's like, hey, uh, you should really go for the attack. Wink. Yeah, you know <laughs> you what? I got this. I, 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 Wink. I, I, feel like, I feel like it should be just strictly, hey, no communicating with your partner at all. Because, like you said before, like, hey, wink. Wink. Nah. Don't do that. You're good to take no, just yeah, you gotta you gotta play and, and just be fair. It's like uh you should either go full information or no information. And I, when you go no information, you really have to figure out how you're actually gonna enforce that. So that's why people usually go full information between allies. I, I say I say we can definitely kind of hash the the details over the week. I'm going with no information. Yeah, I think it would be difficult to enforce that, so that's my stance. Okay, okay. But yeah, so again, um, listener, that's what we're going to plan on doing for next week. We're going to go ahead and cut off here. Thank you for listening, and also watch for our next episode. Peace out. Yeah.